so Brogan, you're the uh, bond expert on the site, correct? Uh, yeah, you could say that, I guess. Uh, I've I've got a question. Uh, who who was the man with the golden gun? <laughs> it is the cheater in uh, Golden Eye sixty four. That's who that is. <laughs> Scaramanga, if you're actually wondering. Oh, Scaramanga. Okay, see, I'm only familiar with the Scare anime. <laughs> uh, tough crowd. <laughs> How's that for a cold open? You're, I think this is already an appropriate time to introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, where, where were you going with this, Murph? Uh, no, I just, I've just been sitting on that. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> alright. Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we gave you an outlet for that. I laughed. See, uh, see you next week, everyone. Uh, oh, wait, Murph is, uh, Murph is texting me now out of embarrassment, saying, you want to talk about Assassin's Creed Unity? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I'm glad you saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I I have been playing Assassin's Creed Unity for reasons. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, my question was going to be, uh, why? Well, uh, okay, so sometimes I just get a wild hair up my ass and I'm like, hey, I want to play every entry in X franchise. Uh, mm. And the franchise for this year has been Assassin's Creed. Because you can get access to all of them via Uplay Plus for like fifteen dollars a month. Ah. You get Ubisoft's entire catalog. Uh, ah, I see. How how has that journey been? Because that journey does not sound uh, pleasant. It's be nice. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Tell me. It it's been interesting because uh, I I had a Wii. I did not have an Xbox 360 or a PS3, so basically that entire generation I skipped over. Uh, right. So, so it's so been this sort is of new, like like you're rediscovering a lost, hmm. you know, yeah. genre, or <laughs> an obscure obscure gem <laughs> yeah. from the yeah. era. Uh, I will say of the first Assassin's Creed, uh, I did not like it, and I very much did not like it. Um, wow. I think that game has aged incredibly poorly. Uh, mm. And then it sort of increases in quality as you go up. Uh, I think... It's, is it a steady increase? Yes, I think they do improve uh, on each entry fairly well. Uh, I think I have the fairly cliche opinion of saying Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is the best entry in the series. Mm. Yeah. Three is... Uh, three wasn't... Like, three was hated, though. Uh, I, I liked 3. I liked 3's ambition. Okay. Uh, its main problem right. was it was too ambitious. It wanted to be too many things. Okay. Uh, but then you get to uh, Unity, which was much a lot maligned on release uh, due to being a buggy mess and people just generally yes. being fatigued on Assassin's Creed. Maybe maybe the most fun I've had with uh, Assassin's Creed uh, was Unity. Just the, just the gifts of the bugs. Yeah. So I'm playing a very heavily patched version uh, where most of the problems have been fixed. Uh, I say most because I've definitely seen a pair of clothes walking down the street without a body in them. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's I, a feature I remember that at stuff. that point. That's a ghost story. <laughs> yeah. I, I, any uh, any skinless faces? No skinless faces. No, uh, nothing really wow. game-breaking like you would expect from a game like this. Uh, I will say of Unity, if it hadn't... So far, I'm like maybe 75% way through the story. Uh, if it hadn't yeah. been a rushed buggy mess on launch, it would probably be regarded as the best Assassin's Creed. And I'll, I'll stand by that, probably until the end. Uh, if you liked Brotherhood, uh, Unity does a lot of things that Brotherhood did well and did right. Uh, it cuts a lot of the guff, a lot of the uh, filler content from uh, mm. 3 to 4. And... yeah. Because in Assassin's Creed 3, it's like, okay, explore the continental United States. And then in Assassin's Creed 4, it's like, okay, explore the Caribbean. In this, yeah, it's yeah. just explore Paris. And it's a very detailed, very well done rendition of Paris. Uh, save for one thing, and it it's such a small thing to get right. It's, it's mm. a game set in Paris. It's about the French Revolution. Everyone has English accents. You're right. That's that's how it goes, um, man. I think, <laughs> they, uh, I think they address that in future entries where they, you know, eventually enough people yelled at them that they both end, added a female uh, protagonist as well yeah. as, or like an option, as well as uh, more authentic uh, voice uh, work. But well, it, I mean, I'm, I've, I am me. not educated on this series well enough, so don't quote me on this, but I'm under the impression that after this point, they started to stop caring about necessarily how it's still commercial, but sort of like they cared a little bit more about historical and cultural uh, interests in it. Like, mm. isn't I don't know what the one after that is, but like at some point in time, the Egypt one started getting a little bit more focused London. on the sort of depth of that. And to me, that stuff is way more appealing, and yeah. I like the direction that goes instead of mm. like French people talking in British accents is also like a mediocre movie trope. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just seems like just what the fucking mediocre movies do all the fucking time. So It's not just mediocre movies <laughs> that I'll say <laughs> well, Hollywood. And I would be willing... <laughs> but, uh... I'd be willing to set that aside, like, oh, the cliche, everyone in Europe has English accents, but Ubisoft is a French company. They're yeah. based in France well, and Montreal. They don't have well, any French fr actors. <laughs> They're a French company, but they're also a multi-million-dollar uh, company that is beholden to uh, you know uh, customer interest, or like um, what's it called, like focus testing, and uh, you know just a very mass appeal. So. And as an uh, American, I can personally vouch that I would not buy a video game that has <laughs> French accents in it. It's impossible. <laughs> No, uh, I think I think uh, Origins, which was the Egypt one, was uh, the sort of a departure, uh, and the new ones are following yeah. more in those footsteps. I think um, I, I think, think the next one was in, after Unity was a London one, right? Syndicate, uh, yeah, that was uh, Unity and Syndicate were sort of released back to back, to my knowledge, and it was really the breaking mm -hmm. point uh, because they were just such rushed messes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Unity does a lot of very cool, 
interesting things, particularly the combat. Um, up to this point, mm-hmm. the games have been largely based on like that Arkham-style fighting system, where it's like you sort of beat down one guy and you press counter button every now and again. Um, now you have to time your counters right. Uh, enemies will have like a little bar that flashes over them, and you've got to time it for when the bar flashes. Uh, spacing is important, so you have weapons with different reach. Uh, you'll use like a spear if you're fighting a crowd, so you can keep guys back. Uh, or like a heavy weapon when you're going mono e mono, uh, it it's definitely the most dynamic the games have ever been. And they also added in a feature where you uh, can parkour down buildings now instead of just leaping mm. off buildings, which has been the standard for most of the series. Uh, the parkour feels yeah. really good because you can really say, okay, I want to climb up, I want to climb down, I want to jump now. Uh, running across Paris is the best the parkour has ever felt in the series. Yeah, no, that's an interesting, definitely an interesting endeavor. <laughs> is the Unity so Unity is the one where you're currently at, right? Uh, yes, and then it will be Syndicate, um, and then uh, Chronicles. It's what's Chronicles again? Is that the two D one? Chronicles were the two D ones, uh, the ones where the yeah. fans got mad at them for relegating really interesting historical periods and settings to uh, like basically mobile games, right? Because it's set in China, um, India, and uh, Russia, which would be all really interesting settings. Spin- <laughs> did you do the spin-off one uh, yet? Is that in the the one where you play a female assassin? Oh, uh, Liberation? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did play Liberation. Uh, Liberation is the worst entry in the series. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, wow. It, um, it, it's mainly because it was a PS Vita game, and I'm playing it on like you know current hardware. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it. I always had a so. For some reason, I know quite a bit about Assassin's Creed, but I've only played the first one. <laughs> uh, I don't really know uh, like specifics of like where the story goes or whatever. But I, for some reason, I have like a pretty good overview in my head of you know. There's... Those games because I've always had like thought they were you know they had potential from afar. I thought they always had potential, but I always wished that um, they were done by well. On the one hand, obviously they benefit from uh, a company like Ubisoft and their resources, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, in terms of the scale and, and whatever. Uh, but uh, on the other hand. I, I I always wish that they weren't, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't have to be so, uh, you know, like like large and like, um, you know, the suffer from the the open typical world uh, open world um, uh, sickness uh, that uh, that these triple uh, tri- A uh, open world games always have, like you know, basically the the design the design tropes of it, like the towers and you know the you know the dots, yeah. the, the the countless dots on the map and and stuff. The um, useless exploration side quests and objectives that bloat the content of a sandbox can definitely be aggravating. I only played <laughs> the first three Assassin's Creeds, so all the subtitles to me are just confusing me. I feel very <laughs> old and very just like <laughs> scared. I just feel scared. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, to me, a good sandbox is just that. It's a sandbox. It's not a mission hub. It's a place to mess around with crap. Uh, in Assassin's Creed, they just never really give you the tools to mess around with stuff. 
And, I mean, you look at the mini-map, the map in Assassin's Creed Unity, and it's a mess with different sort of objective markers and chests to open and stuff. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of game design I always had uh, issues with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, Brogan is also scared because, uh, you know, you usually just talk about... Uh, Games that uh, well, uh, games that <laughs> no one else is really playing right now. Um, but I guess uh, I guess that's also the case for Assassin's Creed Unity. Probably <laughs> I don't know how many are playing Unity. Uh, uh, you sort of get like it has sort of like Dark Souls style online multiplayer where yeah. you will see the phantom of other people playing online and you can join the mission uh -huh. they're in. That was a big selling point for the game. I haven't done any of that because I don't trust people online. Uh, yeah. But I do see, like, every now and again, like, a phantom tailing me with the, like, intent of being like, hey, join my co-op mission, join my co-op mission. And I'm like, fuck that shit. <laughs> um, does it have still the... What I found super interesting, uh, I remember I used to watch John Bomb streams of, of uh, Assassin's Creed um, 2 and Brotherhood, uh, the multiplayer there. Um, I thought that was super interesting, uh, the online multiplayer was super interesting in that, uh, like a versus type multiplayer, uh. Um, I don't know if it, Unity has the versus multiplayer, uh, the previous entries that did, like Brotherhood and stuff, on the Uplay Plus versions, the servers are shut down, so they're not even an option, um. I think oh, wow. Unity is the first one I've played where it has the multiplayer option still enabled, yeah. Uh, I like I said I haven't touched them. I do remember, yeah, seeing the giant bomb streams back in the day of the multiplayer for like Brotherhood, where it's basically a, sort of like a Hitman esque. You have to track down yeah. other players. Yeah, right. You have to like you're like cloaked and like have different disguises, right? And you have to do you have like to figure you have to figure out who the play the human players are, something like that. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of Spy really Party. Cool. Y'all ever play Spy... This is a huge aside, but that gameplay formula reminds me of Spy Party. Mm. Yeah, but it's like... In Spy Party, it's like... Isn't in Spy Party, like, uh, only one person the... It's, it's only one... It's one person as a sniper, one person pretending to be an NPC, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's kind of scary to think about that those... It's like entire, not halves, not like the half, it's not the half, uh, half of the game, but it's like, you know, entire game modes uh, being rendered unplayable uh, because of servers shutting down. Um, and, and if you think about it, like all, money but... or production resources, how much production resources were made to make a multiplayer mode to market the game to people to buy, and then years later that mode is gone? And it's wasted materials that could have either been towards, you know, a better single-player experience, or how much money did it take to actually preserve that multiplayer mode for future years? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a loss there. From a preservation standpoint, it's just it's 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 unfortunate, and uh, um, I guess the only chance for those games are is on PC. You know, where there's always a uh, always a hope that there's. Um, fan servers uh, running, but I don't know how uh, 
I don't know how 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 like how if you can even do that for a game like uh, like obviously you can do that for like an old battlefield or whatever that's easy, but like I don't know how uh, how how much a like newer games like a like a Ubisoft game like Brotherhood or whatever uh, if if it would even allow for that um, if it even has a has an opening or whatever so you can sort of log into a uh, um. A, a, a like on to, to community uh, servers or whatever probably probably, probably not uh, but I mean it also goes down to if there's a demand for it if enough people behind that specific you know uh, emulation or wh- however they do it like if there's enough support there they'll find a way you know what I mean so mm, maybe yeah. maybe not is I guess the ultimate thing right so uh, yeah, and, and we found a way, by the way, to uh, to have a new guest uh, with us. Uh, it's Murph, uh, good friend. I'm the lovable uh, wild card of the Twin Geeks Discord server. Yes, the key, a, agent of chaos, um, man of the stage. It's uh, so many things that people call you. Uh, Renaissance but, man, mm. <laughs> the most dangerous man alive. Uh, <laughs> You know, the list goes on. Yeah. I can't believe you guys uh, are peaking with your 14th episode. Is this the 14th? I didn't actually check. <laughs> you should not ask me what episode number we're on. I have no idea. Yeah, that, I don't know off the top of my head. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh no, yeah, we're glad to have you on. And, uh, obviously we're going to be talking about Leisure Suit Larry, uh, later on. Uh... And uh, we found, you know, I, th- I think we found the real-life uh, Larry Laffer in you. Uh, so, it's glad to what? have you on and talk, Jesus, talk I... about the the game that was made about your life. Um, I, I don't think any of my middle school bullies said anything as rude to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but for now, you've uh, brought another game. Uh so, uh, also, wait, you can, if, if this is more you want to talk about about your like gaming history or like maybe some brief words on uh, your relationship to uh, video games would be would be nice, and then you can talk. Uh, there's you brought another game that you're currently playing. playing. Uh, yeah, uh, my, as far as like games, I like I like uh, role playing games with an emphasis on like the actual. Role playing. I like games that give you the tools to sort of make a story in your own head. Uh, stuff like XCOM and the like. Um, mm. I think if I had to like put a hat on, uh, yeah, I like games like XCOM. I like pretty much all the Bioware games. Uh, I've pretty much played through every Mass Effect and Dragon Age enough times to see every possible dialogue option. Uh, wow. There's going to be a yeah. hot take central in the distant future regarding Mass Effect. Oh. But this is not the time nor the place. I sense a premonition. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be three different endings and each one of them is going to be a different color. Okay. We are not here to talk about the Mass Effect 3 ending. Um. <laughs> Go on. No. I'm sorry I, I rudely we are, interrupted. We are not. Uh, I would say I'm also probably the resident uh, Kingdom Hearts expert. Uh, I've played through each of those games, and yes, all of them, uh, about three times each in different formats. Uh, Great. 
I've I've been uh, recently I playing did... them, and uh, I'm still on Birth by Sleep. By the way, I haven't really progressed since, but uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed PSP Birth by or... Sleep. I think the I think it's a little too simplified in some areas, but I like the world. Like I like the worlds in it, and I mm -hmm. like the different characters in it. They're they're cool. Birth by Sleep is uh, it's interesting. I think it has a much better story and much worse gameplay. Yeah, yeah, the gameplay and combat feel way limited. Like, I think, apparently, Final Mi like Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix is the peak. We're not getting better than that. So, like, I buckled in for a decline on that. And I'm apparently mm. buckled in for Dream Drop Distance being absolute garbage. I so we'll find okay. out when we get there. Yeah, I remember, uh, in my in my memory, the, the narrative on, like, you know, back in the day on NeoGAF and stuff was, like, that Birth by Sleep was often... Um, considered the, the, the best one by, by many, at least. Birth by Sleep is the most mature one, and that deceives people into thinking it's good when all they've known is uh... Gorsh, Sora! We gotta stop the darkness from infecting Tarzan! <laughs> um, yeah. That's the best! Whoa, whoa, whoa! The best part of Kingdom Hearts is when Goofy says some batshit crazy stuff. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Um, no, but I agree. I think I think the story and and like aesthetic and just like how they build the themes with the characters and their specific paths is cool. Um, the combat's worse. I don't think it's debatable that the combat's worse than two. Uh, yeah, it's so like I don't know whose decision was it to make the leveling up entirely RNG based. Um, but I want to slap them. <laughs> In, in Birth by Sleep? Uh, yeah, so the way you get uh, new attacks and abilities in Birth by Sleep is basically you either consult a wiki guide to know... Uh, you, you, like, combine different attacks in, like, a synthesis thing and hope it makes a cool new attack or some crap. Ah, um, yeah. That sounds crap, yeah. Let me ask. <laughs> is... Is is there is there hope for Kingdom Hearts three? I'm I'm going into this hoping that Kingdom Hearts three is going to be good. Okay, like, you, at, at least like on some level. You you want the Kingdom Hearts three hot takes? Um, I think Kingdom Hearts three probably has the best gameplay of the series. It is so pretty. It is so uh such a power trip. Um, save for the flow attractions. Don't use those. They're garbage. Uh, it has horrible, horrible pacing. Uh, basically, you are going to be farting around for about 75% of the game, and then in the last 25%, they're going to hit you with all the plot. Uh, it oh. is, the plot is not spaced out. It's mostly uh, Sora messing around with uh, Elsa from Frozen. Uh. You're not selling oh. me. Uh-oh. Great. Yeah, three... <laughs> Always seemed a bit of a bummer because of the Pixar stuff to me. It's not the stuff I care about, but uh, oh well, that's it, it wasn't it was uh, inevitable. Uh, yeah, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean world in Kingdom Hearts Three looks incredible. Uh, there, when it goes to the cutscenes and like the frame rate jumps to sixty FPS, you're like, that is a live action Goofy in front of me. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm going to declare now on the podcast the first Kingdom Hearts with a treasure planet world and 
and the Black Cauldron world got me. They got me. I'm in. Where's, where's the Aristocats world? <laughs> uh, the Aristocats are referenced in Traverse Town, I think, but they're not present. Yeah, they are, but come on. I want, I want that. I want that world. I want to do the. I well, do if the, you the if you buy talk. if you buy into the theories based on the ending of Melody of Memories, uh, they may not be lingering in the world of Disney for much longer. Wait, are they dropping the Disney stuff? Uh, is, do Do you want me to go into it because it's sort of a a whole Kingdom Hearts theory thing? <laughs> Um, okay, no, I think I think we we save. No, I think that's for another time. Okay, <laughs> or maybe for this is, after this, the podcast. This, this rabbit hole's too deep for us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I need to believe that Goofy's gonna still be around in my heart. Mm. That would certainly be a blow to my interest. Uh, let's call. Let's say. Let's put it like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I do have melody of whatever on my. I do have it. Uh, melody of memories. But, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man. Well, eventually I will. I will. I will do my own uh, playthrough of the series uh, because I, you know, I've only played the, um, the ones I did play. I only played the original version. So on PS2 and the Train of Memories on on GBA. So I think uh, right now, as part of Black Friday, you can get the uh, all-in-one package for like thirty bucks on uh, PlayStation Network, and that has all the games. That's, that's how I. Got it. Yeah, it was, it's a it's a done pretty good before, deal. So. Uh, I think they're on Game Pass anyway on uh, Xbox. So they have been. Uh, if not, uh, if not now, they'll probably rotate it back in. Because yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I think they are. But uh, but yeah. So that's how we'll play them. Um, anyway, uh, so you like role playing games? Anything else? Uh, let me see here. I'm just looking at my game shelf. I like stealth games. If that wasn't apparent by playing Assassin's Creed. Uh, yes, yes. I think you, last time you guys talked about Thief. Um, I have not played the That's original right. Thief. I played the uh, God. When was that? 2011 uh, remake, new one, reboot. Yeah, spiritual successor. Uh, but I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like Dishonored. I love 2016 Hitman. Uh, mm. uh, speaking of going back, to, paddling back to Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, if you have ever yeah. felt like you don't really play as an assassin in those games and instead you just sort of play as this whirling combat ninja uh unity <laughs> has like actual assassinations in it and they're very hitman 2016 style assassinations where you'll basically be oh, given okay. a level to explore you'll find entrances uh means to cause mm. distractions there are unique kills uh based on where you're like if you can lure your target into a specific area like you can impale a priest on a cross if you want to be blasphemous uh, it, yeah. yeah. I already, I already do that in real life, but, uh, I guess, I guess a video game edition. They, they call him Pavlos the Impaler. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, the, uh, well, I, I love stealth games. Uh, obviously I like Thief, but, uh, I, I love Splinter Cell. Uh, I think eventually we'll, we'll have to do one of those. We're gonna, we're gonna bring Murph in for Metal Gear Acid. That's the stealth game you I, want, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, honestly, I have not ex been exposed to a lot of Metal Gear Solid. I've only played three. <laughs> it's the Kingdom Hearts of stealth games. And that, you know what? I did get that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, one day, we'll get there. Mm. We'll, mm. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, 
that's I think that gives us a good picture here. Like you like uh, you know you like possibilities. You like uh, um, yeah, like you said, creating sort of your own little narrative and uh, like open games. Do you like uh, like do you like Deus, Deus Ex and stuff like that? Uh, you know, I've I have the first Deus Ex. Uh, well, when I say the first one, I mean Human Revolution. Uh, and I keep, <laughs> yeah. every two years, I will sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to play through it this time, and I just can't get behind the camera going from first person to third person. Um, mm. I wish it was just one or the other. Um, mm. You know, I, I think it's okay. a delicate balance on things. Not talking about the perspectives. I'm honestly fine when things switch perspectives, but it's probably because I've played janky games that switch perspectives a lot. But mm. like the like if if it's a game that's not predominantly stealth but includes stealth elements, there's a lot of times where they just completely fuck up. I think Deus Ex um, especially does a really solid job. Um, I didn't I didn't play the last one, but like Human Revolution and the original both have like solid incorporations of stealth elements if it's not even if it's not strictly a stealth game they're they're still good in my opinion yeah um so as as it is always the case when we have a guest the structure gets a bit loose uh (laughs) which is totally fine and uh Actually, welcome. So this is going to be I, I a two-hour will... podcast, and the last ten minutes are going to be on Leisure Suit Larry. So I want, I want to hear obviously Murph, uh, which is a priority here. Uh, want to hear him talk about uh, the other game he's been playing? Uh, yeah, I've been playing Pikmin Three Deluxe uh, since that came out on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, I love Pikmin. Uh, I loved Pikmin before I even played the first game. I'm so charmed by the idea of commanding swarms of things. And I think that's because in real life, uh, my greatest fear is swarms of things. Um, I would often have nightmares about being attacked by like swarms of ants or bees or tiny plastic wow. army men. Um, so being you know able, this can be used against you, right? Uh, anyway, Pikmin Three <laughs> Deluxe. Uh, I didn't have a Wii U, so this is my first time playing it, and uh, I would say Pikmin Two is probably in my top ten favorite games. Uh, mm. Pikmin 3 Deluxe, for one, the game is, like, beautiful to look at. Uh, I, that's, like, the only mm. Switch game where I will play it docked just to look at the little details in the environments. Um, yeah. my, I'm, I'm immediately saddened by the fact that they got rid of purple and white Pikmin, uh, and replaced them with rock Pikmin. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the rock Pikmin design's way worse than the purple and white Pikmin. I like, I like white Pikmin especially, because they look... They look very similar to Harlequin babies, and that's such a <laughs> grotesque thing for a cute children's game to yeah. me. Like, it's so weird. Uh, I like how big the enemy designs are, especially the bosses. When you see, like, you have your ten Pikmin dragging back this massive corpse to uh, the onion, it's it tickles my fancy. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I miss the treasures. Uh, the juice collecting is fine, but I miss the, like, the little Easter eggs of, like, that's a Duracell battery. Mm, yeah. The gimmicks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but you have a pizza, right, in the DLC? A pizza? I haven't seen... Uh, I haven't he hasn't really picked touched... up the pizza yet. He's not I... a pizza delivery man right now. My God. There's a pizza in Pikmin? Oh, uh, is this your first time playing? I thought you may played it on Wii U. No. He just said he didn't. Oh, then uh, never mind. You know, enjoy the game. A pizza. <laughs> Good job, Alphonse. 
sorry. Uh, I thought I thought would have known. Anyway, you don't have to say anymore. Um, the yeah. So it's not your favorite, but still a good time. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm only I don't know how far I'm in it. In it. Um, we'll see how it measures out against the others. I really like the challenge mode. Sure. Uh, that is the sort of thing yeah. I could probably get lost in for a while. Uh, just the notion of doing the perfect run is very appealing to me in a Pikmin game. Yeah. Um, we talked about the first one, uh, it was like one of our early episodes, uh, which we obviously recommend everyone to listen to. Uh, and uh, I think Bro and I are uh, less of, uh, we're not really experts on the series. Like, uh, um, So uh, it's interesting to hear from someone who has a, um, you know, a, a, a history with it. Um, yeah. Are you also a, one, of, one of the many fans of the Pikmin 2 uh, multiplayer? Uh, you know what? I didn't have anyone to play it with. Um, I bought a GameCube long after the fact, and I only had the one controller. So, again, I don't know anything about the multiplayer. I prefer single-player experiences. (laughs) All right. It's really beloved, the, um, I forget what what it was called. Uh, Bingo Battle? uh, What's that? I think it was called Bingo Battle, or at least they have a similar mode in 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people love that. Maybe uh, when when we when we meet someday, we can, we should play some bingo battle. All right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least it's not wind jammers. All right, everybody, moving on. Yeah. So as far as having little creatures follow you around, uh, bro, you wanted to talk about pet games. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend is uh, like, she's on a somewhat like she's get waxing nostalgic about Nintendogs. And wow. and so like my my big holiday gift for her is going to be every iteration of the fucking Nintendogs games. Because every iteration offered different dogs or was a was a major upgrade in some way. Um the that's a couple of DS games and a couple of three DS games, right? Yes. A, yeah. yeah. So that's that's where I'm at on that. I hope I haven't looked at Amazon on some of them. I hope there's not a secret like, oh, this is a super valuable game thing. I, you know, we'll see how yeah. much uh, French bulldog costs in real life. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to say, um, in regards to it, thinking on it, I I think that the potential of that genre is not mined yet, and. And I think now more than ever, there's probably a high potential for a solid pet game, especially with, like, phones being, like, a major thing, or Pokemon needing a new direction. I I was personally always a fan of the idea of incorporating um, separate lifestyle elements or gameplay elements to something like Pokemon, for instance. If I could play a Pokemon game that was actively having Tamagotchi elements and not just feeding a Pokemon a berry for a stat for a contest I'm never going to be in. Um, <laughs> I, I would probably enjoy the game more. Or if it's on the phone or whatever, enjoying a, a consistent pet experience on that. I think these are things that haven't been explored by developers in a in a proper way yet. Then again, I'm not an expert in the genre. Maybe there is a masterpiece I haven't downloaded. Mm. Who knows? I think they've introduced some of these elements to Pokemon games, but it's always just small elements, you know. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting observation that sort of the pet game went out of style, you know, Tamagotchi, 
and uh, Chow Garden or whatever. Although that new uh, that new game, uh, the new Junaka game is supposed to have the is supposed to have a Chow Garden like um, thing. But uh, the Chow yeah, Garden was probably my my biggest foray into pet raising. Mm. Um, that's when I actively utilized the mini games and stats where I actively cared about a creature's stats or appearance and stuff like that. Those stuff was really cool. Uh, I haven't heard yeah. about the new Yuji Naka game. I would actually look forward to that. Yeah. I mean, Murph pitched us uh, Spore, right? Uh, Spore, yes. I have a, a storied relationship with Spore. Not sure if that wants we'll, we'll... to get into on this episode. <laughs> no, no, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do an episode for it someday, for sure. A dedicated um, sport episode. It, I'm excited. It is, it is an interesting observation though that that stuff went out of fashion, and I guess it was replaced. You know, the pet game was sort of replaced by petting anime girls uh, in gacha <laughs> games. Um, no, but see, that's I, the thing is, is like, I think, I think that gacha element is obviously appeals to a very specific kind of person whereas i think the pet experience can appeal to a lar a broader base if the base is properly marketed to in my opinion at least yeah but they even cut out the petting uh and the rubbing out of the western versions often so uh how can it how can it uh, enjoy renaissance if they <laughs> if they even cut those modes out those features uh Pavos well, likes to pet the girls. There's a big okay. difference between petting your French poodle and petting your French maid. <laughs> I definitely have uh, very fond memories of the Nintendogs. Uh, with obviously, with because it's so wrapped up in um, the uh, you know DS launch, um, getting that DS, getting Nintendogs, getting WarioWare touched. Uh, it's very fond memories of that. At that time, and uh, you know, played Nintendo's a decent bit for sure. Like, uh, it's not it. It got it got played. It was it was very. Uh, it was it was a good way. I mean, it's ironic, but like you know, the petting of the pet uh, obviously fit, fit very very uh, well with the new feature of the touchscreen. You know, it was mm -hmm. kind of a kind of a natural fit there. Sure. I agree. Like, if they released something for, like, the Switch, like a Nintendogs revival, I feel like the Switch has a lot of features that would make that ideal. Like, the Joy-Cons, you could, like, throw sticks, or with the HD Rumble, you could feel a cat purring or something to that effect. Sure. I'm sure there's some budget, like, uh, some, you know, some, some terrible pet game uh, out there, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Nintendo has not revisited Nintendox. Uh, well, it's a goddamn maybe... tragedy. We know that they're listening to our cast, so uh, <clears throat> it was proven. Um, when when you uh, see the new Nintendogs announcement, just think to yourself, yeah. <laughs> the Daydream cast was right. When Bulldog right. gets announced for Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, tempt them. They'll do it. Well, we we love our Nintendo dogs here, but uh, there's some stuff maybe we don't love as much. Love as much, and uh, that stuff might be, be the subject here of some hot takes. Do um, do 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 do. It's the hot take central. Do 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 do. Also known as the hot take minute, and uh, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe I'll start us off this time. Um, sure. I have a quick and merciless 
takedown of an entire genre and its fan base. Uh, and it, uh, concerns, um, it concerns visual novels. Most visual novels, and you know there are a lot, uh, the genre kind of blew up over the couple of years. I'm just gonna say most visual novels are terrible. <laughs> like it's a it's a really it's a genre that relies on uh, writing and uh, you know video game uh, people and uh, maybe not the best writers out there. Uh, just gonna it's, you know I, I know I'm uh, I'm I'm possibly. Uh, Possibly enrage, uh, like like uh, enraging uh, a lot of people right now, and uh, and um, you know it is. I'm being polemic, of course, but uh, I've uh, I've the, the visual novels I've tried, um, like the popular ones. Um, it's always like uh, you know people confuse uh, very complicated and uh, sort of uh, uh, I don't know, like crazy uh, exaggerated writing and like plots and stuff. Uh, with good writing, so uh, stuff like Zero Escape, it is very complicated, but it's not great. And Danganronpa or whatever is even worse. It's just a really bad. It's just a really bad uh, um, assembly of uh, anime tropes and uh, you know just bad character writing. And uh, really, uh, for me, for my money, it's Ace Attorney at the top. That series is fantastic. Um, and then. Long, long gap until the next, uh, next until the next thing. Um, there's some, uh, there's some stuff like the Suda, like Suda games, the uh, early Kojima, which, um, um, uh, you know, there's there's some there's some cool stuff there, uh, but um, but for the most part, I mean, there's visual novels, there's straight visual novels, and there's you know visual novels like Ace Attorney or Danganronpa or whatever, which are have like other adventure game elements incorporated, um, and uh, that stuff I think helps a lot. But uh, yeah, uh, visual novels, I mean, there's a lot of them, and like Steam is like well, it's like flooded with them, oh. and. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, well, we could get into w what Steam is recently offering in terms of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, uh, I think they're kind of, they're, they've kind of, um, I don't know, they're, they've become, I think, a comfort food, uh, a modern-day comfort food for many people, and uh, their quality is secondary, um, has become secondary. That's my hot take. Okay, Murph, you go first if you have a response to that. I do have a response, but... Uh, uh, response to whether or not hot... Uh, not... <laughs> do you agree with the take? <laughs> Comments, concerns. Uh, as far as, like, visual novels, uh, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like you basically know what you're getting into with a visual novel. Like, it's not gonna be Tolstoy... Um, <laughs> as uh, as far as like them all being very complicated, uh, I think that's just a something that's indicative of like the anime genre that they're all aping. Um, I feel sure. like. Uh, well, what about I you, mean, bro? All yeah, right. Okay. All right. Now, now it's time for the takes. All right. I largely agree, and I think. I, 
I think the real problem is when you look at like the quantity and you say it's so much, it's because of the amount of effort put into it. Whenever I play a visual novel, I, I, I become vividly aware of the production of it. I'm mm -hmm. not saying making a video game is easy. It almost never is. But uh, all things considered, a visual novel is probably near the bottom of uh, effort, right? So, so then you'll mm -hmm. go into bottom denominators or whatever when you talk about complicated plots um other than the anime thing there's a reason for the complicated plots the complicated pl plots fake suspension or like fake suspense so like it's like oh i gotta keep reading i gotta keep mashing the space bar or whatever i have to mm. i have to know what happens next but also it's a way to pad the runtime because if it was just plot if it was just basic character interaction you probably wouldn't have enough content to warrant uh purchasing the game um so like the more you put into it the the more the player mm. feels like they have uh, a normal experience when it's at the cost of a good narrative um i i don't necessarily blame the the genre itself but i think it's part of the flaws that produce so many bad ones and when we talk about something like steam well steam has now led opened the floodgates to yeah. all sorts of uh I would say yeah. not even bad faith uh, content, but there's a lot of content on there that makes me worried about the marketplace, especially for the casual consumer or the young consumer. I'd be very worried <laughs> about that stuff. Mm. <laughs> well, to yeah, skirt around the issue and not talk about it out loud. There, yeah, there's uh, kind of, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about the petting, so uh, <laughs> yeah, covered. Uh, but yeah. Uh, no, for sure. Like, it feels a bit cynical, I would say, and pandering, a lot of those releases, um, you know, and, uh, well, I think that's enough said on that, uh, so, let's, uh, let's hear the next one. Let Murph, Brogan, you got it? You? I need to hear the Murph take. Okay, okay Murph a, take a hot take, God, I don't know when I'll have an opportunity to say a hot take on the internet again, I have to make sure it's a good take. Yeah, uh, yeah use it wisely. Uh, Do you have a Twitter account? <laughs> <laughs> no stop asking uh as far as uh, a hot take uh my hot take is that uh jack 2 that is the second jack and dexter game uh maybe yes, overseas GTA. known as jack renegade uh that game has aged like ass <laughs> i don't think this is a hot take keep going but it's, this is not hot. so i uh like i said i like to replay franchises uh in their entirety so i think it was like two years ago i replayed through jack and dexter uh because they re-released them all on ps4 um and let me tell you jack 2 was one of the most miserable experiences i had that year um it if you think that Jack 2 has aged well, um, I know this is a cliche to say, but it's probably because you were 12 and you thought it was the most badass game you've ever played. Uh, it is the, it's like GTA, right? It's like Yes. Uh, uh, it's, it's the gameplay that lets the game down, because they switched to like gunplay, like ranged combat, um, but they didn't really think it through, uh, because they give Jack no way to aim. You can't manually aim in the game. There's an auto-aim... But the auto-aim targets the thing that's closest to you, not necessarily what you want to be aiming at. 
So they'll have mm. uh, objectives where it's like, destroy this moving object, and you're running behind it, emptying a full clip into the object, and then, like, some enemy walks between you and the object, and you waste ammo on it. Um, just on yeah. top of that, the checkpoint system is bullshit it's so easy to take damage especially from enemies that are off screen and there are so few health pickups so you'll die and have to do the mission all over again and it's just an endless loop and also the driving you're specifically crap. talking about the water level where you're on the water docks or whatever like the yes. water town yes you gotta escort back yeah i remember that. what the and where it's like suddenly suddenly you level. can't go in the water Suddenly, there's turrets <laughs> yeah. in the water. Um, and then there's the mission where you're, like, in the sewer, and you have to just defend these three guys. And guess what? There's friendly fire. So, and you can auto-target them. The, the guns auto-target the people you're supposed to be protecting. <laughs> and it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> let it out, let it out. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I will say the, the final boss has a hilarious death where he suddenly grows wings, flies into a metal structure, and explodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. for the bulk of the game, um, I didn't even finish it when I was a kid. That's because I started having the flashbacks. I was like, wait a minute, this game always sucked. Um, yeah. And I never finished it. I finished it now when I was an adult, and that was mainly by relying on, uh, you can do a little move where you jump and do a spin kick and press shoot, and you'll basically fire on everything in your vicinity. And that's how I beat the game, because those shots track, and they hit everything. Um, mm. They improved There's... it in Jack 3. They improved it considerably by making the uh, auto-aim less, I guess, sticky, it's easier to decide what you want to target with it, and also they gave you more gun types, where the gun types are just basically hit everything around me guns, uh, so that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely, Jack 2, definitely part of that yet-to-be-defined uh, category of games, like, you know, uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog, mm. and, uh, like, you know, the Edge the the edge lord uh, games uh, game genre genre of games where I have a clear mental picture of the people the you know because it has I think a fan base uh, that game uh, or like its defenders and uh, you know I have a very clear picture of of them <laughs> in my yeah. head uh, uh, like. The story's yeah. fine. Naughty Dog has always been good at really character centric writing, and I think this was like the first game to start showing it. Um, the story still isn't great, um, it doesn't really ease you into the new setting, because you're going from, like, Jack 1 to Jack 2, uh, most people notice the complete tone and setting shift, and it doesn't really ease you into it, it doesn't introduce you to this new world in a very coherent way, and they just act like Jack already knows all the mechanics of this world. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's, that's that whole take. Uh, Wait. I wonder if how hot it is. Y'all motherfuckers but, uh... just skipped over my response to Jack 2. Um, okay, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Number one, I mostly agree. I, I have played all three and completed all three Jacks multiple times. The best one is clearly Jack and Dexter 1. Yes. By far. I don't mm -hmm. think it's a debate. Yes. Um... Mm. It's, it's, it's just because it's a very... It's like a Banjo-Kazooie thing where it's like just a very solid, polished platformer. Um, when we go into Jack 2 and Jack 3, the real problem is 
it's not even the Shadow the Hedgehog thing, because I think it goes beyond the edge of tone. I think it goes into um, chasing chasing fads. Um, Jack Jack two and Jack three try to throw everything on the wall and sees what sticks. I'm thinking of things like the constant mini games or mm. constant mechanics that don't do a lot or aren't really useful. I think of something that's fundamentally cool, like getting the hoverboard. The hoverboard is a really cool idea for a yeah. GTA platformer thing. Except it controls um, like shit. Like in a typical thing, it'd be like, oh, awesome. I can just, anytime I want, pull out a hoverboard and grind on shit and utilize it in an interesting way. Problem is, it's never really utilized in a level very interestingly. And in normal free roam, it's almost never the preferable option. You should always take a car. So mm -hmm. there's no incentive to actually use it. It's not thought out properly. And that sort of thing is present throughout both 2 and 3 when you look at any sort of specific mechanic. I think 3 polishes the mechanics of 2, and I think it also has a better inherent mechanic of the big old cars and like the Mad Max Thunderdome yeah. racing shit. But other than that, um, I think 3 is worse than 2. But mm. that's just me. I think I'm done analyzing the tape. <laughs> Do you want to respond to that, Murph? Uh, no, he didn't really counter my take, so uh, I'm No, I'm no, content. it was mostly agreed. Um, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah, I think Jack 2 suffers from a syndrome of, like, you liked it because you didn't know it could be, be done better. Um, like, uh, a key feature is they have these uh, sections where you get in a mech suit. Um, and those sections are awful because the mech suit takes up 75% of the screen. You can't see shit. And when you're a kid, you don't recognize that. You don't recognize, like, oh, I, this could be done better. Um, and now that I'm an adult and I've played uh, games where, you know, characters don't take up 75% of the screen, I can recognize, like, oh, this is so much better. Um, so, yeah, that's my hot take. Uh, your childhood is a lie. Jack 2 sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, childhood is a lie, Brogan. What's your hot take? Your childhood is a lie. Ocarina of Time sucks. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad you're distracting from all the people that are angry at me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sucks is a strong word. It doesn't suck. It's better than a little, little bit of a strong word. Sucks is a strong word. I I was trying to be incendiary here. We're trying to be hot, y'all. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I, I was playing it recently. Um, again, I've played it multiple times, um, just yeah. going back through it and it dawns on me every single time that the game's not very satisfying anymore. It's very dated. And at the very least in Majora's Mask, which largely has the same sort of gameplay stuff, they have unique elements to it that keep it fresh or very different and unique. Um, my problem with Ocarina of Time truly, inherently, is everything that I like about the game, I can also enjoy more in something like Twilight Princess. And I don't even like Twilight Princess that much. Yeah. Hmm. For me, this is not a hot take totally with you. It's a good game. I would say it's a good game, but it's, it's not more than that. Uh, uh, like I said, I think the standard... Uh, well, I prefer the 2D Zelda anyway, but the standard Zelda has... There's better ones, ones and then there's uh, also uh, sort of more interesting ones, like Majora uh, as well. Uh, so, not a hot take for me. 
I don't know about you, Murph. Uh, hmm, let me let me think on that because uh, Ocarina of Time was one of those games where I played it long after the fact. I was probably like uh, probably like fifteen when I played it for the first time, and I did sit down with like a uh, attitude of like, okay, come on, greatest game of all time, wow me. Uh, and I was in fact wowed by it. Uh, I have not played it since then. So I am willing to accept that it has flaws. Uh, I think that its biggest flaw is most likely the camera, uh, just getting caught on shit all the time. But that's a that's a problem that 3D games have always had, especially early in the N64 yeah. days. Oh, and long after. Uh, but it's a question of satisfaction, bro. Is that is that why I take it? I mean, yeah. Uh, just when when I play it. I, I am severely underwhelmed. And mm. not even in the is this the greatest game of all time way. I never approach the game like that. More so just like a, is the experience I'm getting out of this Zelda um, an exp like the, the best way to have that experience. Mm. Whereas like other Zelda games offer specific things that I specifically enjoy about them. Does that I, make no. sense? Yeah, I think what Ocarina and that whole sort of era of Zelda uh, did right was the environments uh, and the music, the, the aesthetic of it is very charming to me and uh, still very effective despite how dated it looks. Um, I think as far as satisfaction, uh, I can't contest you not enjoying something. Uh, so... <laughs> I... Uh... I find it interesting for me that uh, I would say Ocarina is for 3D Zelda what A Link to the Past is for 2D Zelda, and for me they're kind of the vanilla, sort of mm. uh, cleanest representation of the the template or the the series, what the series is, and it's also the two that I find uh, you know that I that I find sort of mm, like good but flavorless in some ways, not like it's not not the ones that i would ever like root for that, that would ever like capture me um see here's uh, here's I, here's where i guess the heat comes from for me is i i think ocarina might be my least favorite 3d zelda if mm. we're not counting shit like link's crossbow training i think skyward sword might be more enjoyable to me whereas mm. link to the I, past i yeah. still think link to the past is better than some 2d zeldas Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, thinking about it, but I think that's what it shakes down, like, I, I think that's how it shakes out for me as well then, yeah, because, uh, I like Skyward Sword definitely, I, I have a soft spot for Skyward Sword, so I definitely like that more, uh, Majora is more interesting, uh, um, Wind Waker is more interesting. I'm interested in the hate uh, mail now, I like this. yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, but uh, I don't know about the people. <laughs> At the hour mark, we have been sufficiently hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, and and it's gonna, we're gonna stay. It's gonna be, it's gonna stay hot here. It's gonna oh, stay yeah. steamy. Yeah, steamy. It's gonna be steamy uh, because our game of the uh, week here is uh, Leisure Suit Larry in the land of the lounge lizards. Um, mm -hmm. This is a uh, Sierra game, Sierra Online game from 1987, where it was released on the um, on the EGA, which was their uh, their um, engine for uh, for the uh, the adventure game 
uh, sorry, the um, yeah, the adventure game interpreter was the A the AGI engine, but, uh, but it's often also called like EGA versus VGA. Um, the VGA was a re version was a remake, you know, with more elaborate gra graphics and uh, also uh, a shift from text input, uh, the classical text input from the old, from old adventure games to a um, like a cursor based uh, input. Um, where you would like the, the specific actions you wouldn't type in, but you would like have a mouth, you know, and the hand or whatever that would grab stuff, and you would just cycle through those and click on things. Um, that was in '91, so four years later they did that, and uh, they uh, did a Kickstarter remake. Hello, uh, did a Kickstarter remake in 2013 uh, as well, which we will talk about later. Um, just some quick words. Uh, the game came out on DOS and uh, Apple II initially, but then hit all basically all the other um, like cons, uh, computer uh, platforms at, of the time. Um, like I said, uh, got a got the that remake later, which also hit uh, you know Mac and Amiga and stuff. Um, it is based on a text adventure, which is the only text adventure that Sierra ever did because you know they were actually dedicated more to the to the graphical adventures, but uh, they did one which was called Softburn Adventure. Uh, it came out in '81 on the Apple II, and um, after their successes with King's Quest in '84, Space Quest in '86, they uh, decided to do a remake in like a or a spiritual like a, it's like a you know it's it is a sort of a spiritual remake or whatever uh, um, of uh, of Softburn Adventure um, with uh, with this character Larry Laffer. Who's uh, kind of a ne'er do well, uh, you know, sort of I don't know, like guy who just is looking to get get some. <laughs> he's a horny uh, little sex goblin. He is, he is an almost forty-year-old loser virgin who wears a yeah. leisure suit, and even in the even when the time this is released, the leisure suit was not at high fashion. Yeah. And um <laughs> and he he goes to the the town of Lost Wages, which is Las Vegas, but uh not yeah. you, you get it, it's a joke. Oh. And uh, yeah, he is trying to get laid. Uh my favorite mechanic <laughs> in the game is when your breath goes bad and you need to take breath spray and spurts it. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you can keep going. That's it. That's all. No, no, no. The, the, that's a good example. So the game is definitely adult-oriented, but uh, you know, it is sort of in that soft core. Well, and even that is actually way too much. Uh, like it, it is, it's, it is saucy. It is uh, risque, but it's never, never really explicit. It always grounds it in the uh, humor because it's basically it's, it's a humor, uh, humorous game. At, at its core, um, it's uh, like the brainchild mostly of Lo and uh, Mark Crow, and you know, it's got some other people that help them. Um, but it's less like a small team. I don't know four or five people. I think were the main main guys involved. And what I found funny is that Lo uh, um, was uh, before that at, at Sierra. He did the famous agitation, like edit, edutainment game, uh, Donald Duck's Break Playground, uh, as well as uh, the Winnie Pooh. There's a Winnie Pooh uh, adventure game by by Sierra and a Black Cauldron adventure game by them, uh, all, all on DOS. Uh, and they lost the Disney li license in '86, so um, 
uh, it's funny that you know they they were doing also these Disney games, uh, and then <laughs> next up a game about getting laid. <laughs> Um, the 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 sort of the adult oriented nature of the game is also um, exemplified by the quiz at the start of the game, where you have to couple answer five questions that basically are supposed to be uh, supposed to be designed like to to only be answerable by adults. Um, and uh, yeah, the the game was sort of released uh, with with basically no publicity and then it quickly picked it was it sold poorly at the start because of it but it quickly became a hit just by word of mouth and uh, you know just uh, by the reception of it and stuff so uh, it became very successful um, that's uh, you know that's the that's that's my that's the the, the facts out of the way and uh, now now let's talk about it here um, any any first impressions on this? Uh, you first can get my first impressions, but first you have to play two hours of blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just that, but you also have to save scum it. <laughs> you're, you're gonna save beforehand and just keep spamming the buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that is the the biggest detractor for the game. Uh, for for those that don't yeah. know, you have money in the game, and the only way to make yeah. more money is to gamble it. Um, yeah. And in the EGA version, uh, you can you have to play blackjack, and the highest bet you can make is twenty dollars. Uh, and generally, uh, I think for most runs, they recommend you get up to two hundred and fifty dollars. So that's a lot of blackjack. And, um, no, that 250, I believe, is only for the first part of the game. Because, spoiler yeah. alert, you, you lose, lose all, all your money at one point in time. I'm not and, saying when or how. And the game even later. is like, the game is even like, oh, just go play more Blackjack. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you get $10 <laughs> well, after, and it's like, you play Blackjack, and you're like, oh, thanks. What are you guys doing playing Blackjack? Like, uh, play slots. The slots is where the money's at. Blackjack's quick, easy. Blackjack's so easy because yeah. I can look at the cards and be like, "All right, I'm fucked," or "I'm not fucked." Exactly. <laughs> um. Lots of the quick buck is that um, <laughs> in combination with saving. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, but yeah, um, what, well, what we should, what, what you should say is uh, obviously, and I've talked about this before. Um, the when we did the Sam and Max, uh, this is obviously a first Sierra game. I'm a big Sierra guy because uh, um, I love the freedom of them. Basically, you're just thrown to this world. You uh, have your items. You have and and I, I my favorites are also the uh, basically the EGA versions because because of the text input uh, it gives the most liberty to uh, interact with stuff and you know uh, type in stuff that get that gets you a lot of flavor text and like Easter eggs and stuff. Um, and uh, you just have to be, uh, you know, have to have some imagination, uh, use saves, because uh, as uh, those those classic series games had also the, um, the one of the main features was many different deaths and the death states and death scenarios. So you can go wrong in a lot of ways. You get a funny um, sort of, uh, it's all, um, the writing of the game is, like I said, very humorous. And it's like... Um, um, and it, it, this is highlighted in the remake the most, and I think overdone. But uh, there is sort of this um, 
like patronize a bit patronizing like narrator na- narrator uh sort of perspective in the writing which mm. uh like the narrator sort of overlooking uh, larry's uh larry's um uh adventures and uh <clears throat> the um the uh the sort of freedom of it of 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 you know choice and of puzzle solving and etc uh it can be frustrating and obviously no one plays these anymore without a guide but i still find it very satisfying to just keep experimenting uh for as much as i want to uh, for as long as i want to and when i just am done then i just get a quick hint for the next step from the guide and that's totally that's still satisfying to me obviously um if I had more time, I would, you know, I would skip. I would try to do it on myself, by, by myself. But, uh, but I don't. But yeah, I don't um, think this game another, has uh, a. I don't think this game has like a brick wall of logic. I use the guide as well, mm. but there was points in the game that came naturally. Yeah. Um, yes. To me, absolutely. Like this, this game is not hard in terms of logic or puzzle solving. It's mostly exploring, being able to find the items, aka looking around, knowing which context to use, especially when you're doing the text adventure format of typing it in. You have to just be aware enough to know, like, hey, I should read the wall, or I should look in this thing. Um, that that's the extent of it. There's no insane uh, sort yes. of esoteric combining of items or anything it's and that's, you know good for the most yeah part. yeah that's a very good observation because that's I would, I would totally agree and it's good that you mentioned it i wanted to mention it as well this is one of the more linear uh sierra games out there like it's a very uh yeah it's a very logical progression and um there's obviously still stuff where you know there's still items you can easily miss and uh um there's definitely some 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 sort of, um, how do you call it, like like steps in logic that, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't, uh, <laughs> you, you would probably, uh, it would either take you a lot of time or uh, um, or you just look up in the guide. But uh, um, the thing is, when you fail, it often gives you some text which sort of indicates or gives a hint on what you did wrong and what you need to take care of so that that death scenario is avoided next time. Um because you basically did the right thing, but you missed something, and it gives you often a hint in the death uh, text, in the death commentary, what what it was. And uh, but yeah, this is one of the more because it's also a very limited uh, uh, sort of assortment of locales, um, which uh, you traverse by the way by taxi. You have to, and you have, always have to pay the taxi fare. That's where also the money comes in. Um, and because it's so limited, and because it is, you know, it it basically. Um, the way the narrative is set up, it's it's pretty clear what happened, what where you have to go next. Like characters all tell you where you sometimes where you have to go next. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of the more linear uh, Sierra games. So my experience with Laser Suit Larry is, um, I think I did what neither of you did, and I played the text adventure. Uh, it is based on. Uh, and as far as that, here's some fun trivia. If you pull up the box art for that game, uh, the soft porn adventure, uh-huh. um, I believe it is the woman on the farthest right. That is Roberta Williams, uh, wife of Ken Williams, and lead writer uh-huh. of the King's Quest series. Yeah. And Roberta, Roberta Williams, Williams herself is a, a critically acclaimed developer. Yes. 
Uh, I just found that funny. Uh, the text adventure, uh, which I played completely with a guide because I cannot be uh, arsed to draw a map uh, these days, uh, has it's mostly the same. It's a lot less funny because it's much more sleazy, I guess is the word. Um, uh-huh. It's one thing to, uh, like, in the EGA version, to, like, look at a girl and you see, like, this... Uh, sort of like pixel art of a woman, a hot woman. It's another thing to have like the description of the hot woman read back to you in this really sleazy writing style. It's a lot of like she breasted boobily towards me. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think there's one yeah. line where I just literally facepalm. It's like a woman walks out of the bathroom and her tits are huge. Um, it's just. <laughs> It's not classic writing. <laughs> it's just not very this well written. This is the War and Peace of video. <laughs> um, the, the original visual novel, except not visual. Yeah, uh, and a few of the puzzles are different. Uh, mainly, um, there's a puzzle in all the versions where you have to get an apple. Uh, in the Leisure Suit yeah. Larry versions, it's not that much of a puzzle. You just find a random NPC. Uh, in the text adventure, you have to get some seeds and then find an empty plot of land. So you have to go exploring, uh, down the street during which at any point, a random, uh, thug could beat you up and end the game. Um, and you have to find, you have to find an empty spot of dirt to plant the seeds and then water it, go away, come back. And it's grown into a full apple tree with an apple. Uh, I think that's (laughs) the, biggest difference there's also a magic mushroom which acts as a fast travel system uh you i'm I'm very grateful that you're uh recounting this because it just shows you you know the shows you where the bar is in terms of what sierra was capable of in terms of difficulty (laughs) yeah um i think that the the leisure suit larry version improved on the text adventure in pretty much every way um and then I, I actually prefer the EGA version to the VGA version. Um, I like. Yeah, there's something charming about charming about that very minimalist pixel style. Um, yes. That I don't think is quite captured in the VGA remake. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the version differences are one of the bigger topics here that I want to get want to get to because uh, it it really is very interesting to me. Uh, we can talk about it now, actually. So, the VGA is obviously much more detailed, and in theory, obviously, it looks cool. Like, it's a cool art style, but at the same time, um, and this is exacerbated by the remake, I think um, the EGA version is the per- is the best balance in terms of um, sort of you... you Obviously, it's it's sleazy, but it's often again sort of mitigated by a you know cheeky, uh, ironic tone. Yeah. And uh, it's not. Um, it, it's not. Uh, it's a video know. game the, first, the, porn well, second. What's that? It's a video game first, porn second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say it is about a horny uh, guy, but the game itself is not not well. It is the least horny out of out of them. Um, and uh, sort of that balance, the delicate balance, is you know it gets drawn. It's 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 drawn into question with the every further with the with the remakes at least. Um, mm. I think uh, Larry in the first one 
well, he gets a you know the now iconic look in the VGA version. Uh, that's how we now know him, and uh, like a small guy with like you know a bit balding at the sides and uh, you know very like like long nose and like uh, nose and also like a very very nasally voice. Don't, and... don't sugarcoat it. He's a horrifying goblin of a man. Um, <laughs> if I saw Larry sure. walking down. And towards me in a dark alley i would run the other direction his head is twice the size of his body <laughs> yeah and in the ega version you know you can still project like you can you can that's what i like about it you can project a lot you can you can imagine him as a normal person <laughs> yeah yeah he, he looks more normal in the original um i was going to say in terms of all of these there is that even in the text adventure, the way Murph describes it, is there seems to be a difference, a slight difference in how the setting and atmosphere is done and the characterization work. Like, in my head, the example I, I would have wondered about when you were describing, like, the difference between characterizations of the girls, for instance, is, like, how mean-spirited or how um, pervy it is. You see, like, the thing I didn't like about my uh, glimpses into the remake, the reloaded was it seemed like number one, very heavy on the humor, very heavy on an ugly art design. But more importantly is it made fun of Larry a lot. It made it shamed Larry, but on the other side of the coin, it tried very hard to design the women as if, as if you are Larry. As if, as if you are as big of a horn yeah. dog as he is, and that's not a very settling picture. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And and in terms of like the text adventure versus the EGA version or something, I was I was thinking of the uh, the original the first uh, prostitute. Um, she's portrayed as very ugly, very sleazy, very like get over here, let's just do it real quick, mm-hmm. and and. I'm I'm imagining that text description of her is probably very mean. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Sure. At, like, <laughs> the descriptions for any of the women's in the text adventure is so... Like, it's like two sentences. It's letting you know what their face looks like and how big them titties. Um, it's not... There's, like, no depth. There's no character. Um, and... That's what yeah. I think makes it a weaker game because you don't even really pick up on like, like you said, like the hooker's supposed to be sort of ugly. <laughs> that uh, the woman who uh, robs you is sort of uh, sleazy as well. Uh, it's really, it, and I looked into the Reloaded version. And the Reloaded version seems much more in line with the text adventure, where it's much more about being, like, pornographic than it is, like, being a game or being an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing about the remake that's, like, I think the general problem, I really agree with what, what uh, Brogan said. Um, uh, I think, uh, first of all, the voice acting is very egregious to me. Um Everything is voiced, which in theory sounds good, but I, again, that's another thing where the EGA version is, and and I guess the VGA, you know, just like the EGA allows you to sort of, you know, picture a more normal guy and sort of have, you know, keeps that balance where it's not, where not everything is like grotesque and already like super cynical. Um, the, the, The voice acting also takes away, or I guess the lack of voice, I think, also 
gives you an opportunity to read the text in a more um, in a more sort of balanced tone. Uh, and the voice uh, the the voice acting in the remake is very like you know mean spirited and also kind of you know patronizing even like, even more patronizing and uh, and also it's just the amount of flavor text and stuff it gets seems to be much more but. Yeah, it clashes with, with the art style. Um, it uh, they add the stuff that they add is kind of embarrassing. Like they add one, they, they add a new girl to quote unquote I don't know interact with to date or whatever to try to date, uh, and that stuff is really bad. It, um, it features animal abuse, which I was like shocked <laughs> by, and it's and it's not like. It's not like, oh, there's like a street cat and I'm fighting a street cat because I think that, like in my head, that's what I imagine adventure game animal abuse to be. But you like dip hot sauce into like a whale's blowhole. And I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, um, we should say just at least once that obviously, I like, I would argue this first game, it is not, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's like VGA version of stuff. It does manage to, it balances the tone really well. I think it's, it's, it can it, it is uh, you know there's plenty of funny moments uh, which some of them I will I want to mention in a bit but uh, um, I think the writing is, is funny uh, in general but obviously um, it doesn't withstand everything in terms of, like the the time that has passed you know doesn't withstand the the, the, the the test of like obviously some stuff is you know misogynist and, it does uh, not pass the Bechdel test for instance <laughs> leisure suit right. larry isn't very woke is what we're trying to say <laughs> right no obviously it, it it can be misogynist it can be you know some of the stuff no not not all the humor lands and stuff uh but again i would always argue that it it mitigates that by not being the again the writing it is about a horny guy but it's not the writing itself is not important. Um, uh, yeah, especially I think specifically the the EGA and VGA versions are yeah. probably the best example of being uh, defensible at to an extent. I think yes. like I I also briefly looked at the sequels and I looked at the general tone the series went and like our critic uh, like I will say like our criticisms of Reloaded are are like pretty similar like the the further sequels go the more the more it becomes about the viewer being just like larry and that's yeah, not yeah. necessarily what i would want out of this series for sure for sure um so yeah i think that's very important to note that uh in uh yeah that this uh it it there's a distance between the writing and the, and the character um that's kept and um and yeah so uh Let's let's get into some of the meat. Like uh, so so basically, you uh, you start phrase up, that better. Like, you wanna... what's that? <laughs> Do you phrase that better? Let's get into the meat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Murph's got something on the mind. Oh. yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, what 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 I like in this is really the balance between open, like the openness and scripted this as well like um what i mean by that is and i think that's just a general sierra strength why 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 i love their games is uh basically there's events that happen which um which feel like you know you're or like also stuff that sort of where, where you like 
you're not sure if it's gonna work, and then it works, and then it triggers something, and like it, that that stuff there, you feel like it's like it's it's a very organic world all of a sudden within the confines, obviously, of what it is, like this very like this 80s adventure game, of course, but still. There's stuff that feels all, all, like natural and then plays out uh, where you're like, wow, this is uh, totally, this is totally cool and unexpected, and um, you know, it just happens, uh, just just um, sort of lends uh, like or adds to the world, and that stuff, and then you know, it that stuff. If you do the right things, if you figure out the puzzles, which by the way, there's the scores as in every uh, Sierra game. That uh, we where you can when you, have, when you solve all the puzzles you have a full score. You, there's stuff you can miss. Um, <clears throat> basically, when you when you solve a puzzle, or, or like it often leads to some cool or funny scripted moment. Like for example, um, when you uh, court one of the women um, in the game in in the bar, um, and uh, finally you ask her to dance, you get treated to a pretty funny dance uh, sequence. And that's kind of just what I mean by it. it's like they could have done just a quick sort of I don't know get on the dance floor get off it but they do a little animation for it mm-hmm. they do a little bit for it it's and it's fun or um, at the very end the way the you find a you find a sex doll and uh, the, the way it uh, um, deflates at the end on when you're on the balcony and then it deflates and then uh, you uh, basically that 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 leads you to the the final the final woman. Uh, um, that those animations are pretty fun. It's like you get rewarded um, solving puzzles. You get rewarded by fun animations still, and that's uh, 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 something that you know an adventure game sort of needs to do. I think, and this one does it does it well. My favorite part about the doll is the doll gets its own. Uh... When, when you specifically talk to the girls in this game, they do a zoom-in close-up so you can see a detailed artist depiction of the person. The doll gets that, and that's very funny to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> that's true. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of... Uh... You know, there's a lot of funny flavor text when you show people stuff and when you forget stuff. There's there's a lot of deaths when you miss something, when you like do forget to do something before doing something else. Um, uh, one of the fun things is when you die, you go, you basically land at Sierra uh, online, like at the basically the head, their uh, headquarters or whatever. It's like they got a representation yeah. of their own uh, death studio. They also figure like they also appear in. You know, you can call them on the phone, and they're like, "Oh, uh, we're selling uh, Lucid Larry uh, uh, guide, uh, game guide. If you want, like, you can buy that now, etc." They they have that stuff, that fourth wall breaking stuff in, or that meta uh, humor in the game, and it works really well. Like in the Sierra uh, Studio, when you where you land, there's like a Graham from King's Quest there, like his sprite there, and they're like. Basically, they put a new head on a Larry body and say like that's how that's what we have to do when uh, um, when when you die. That's how we create a new new Larry and stuff. Like that stuff is, is fun and um, and adds to the you know to the to the po- discovery potential of like it's it's still fun to fail. You know, it's fun yeah. to save and then quickly try out something even if it doesn't work. I agree. Any thoughts, Murph? 
Uh, yeah, I just about like the, that. The uh, I like the scoring system. I think that's a great way of telling the player that there's more things mm. that they may have missed. Because um, when you get to the end of the game, uh, Ken Williams comes out and he tells you your score based on like how many events you discovered or how many like interactions you uh, experienced. Yeah. Uh, and when I finished the game with a fairly low score, uh, I felt pretty chuffed, and I was like, oh, I, I probably missed some jokes. And then I went back in the VGA version, and I found pretty much all the jokes I missed, like talking to the Flasher to reveal that it's two midgets in, uh, in a cloak, um, effectively. Uh, that was very funny. Uh, or you can miss very easily, uh, there's a gag with like a comedian in the nightclub, and he plants a whoopee cushion on your chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedian, yeah. Mm -hmm. He tells very bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I do and like I do is he stops you. you while you walk. Like, you walk <laughs> and then you stop, and then he says the joke. I'm like, oh no, how many times is he gonna do this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, compared to maybe some other Sierra games I've played, I do like that uh, the puzzles were very straightforward. It was about uh, the experience more than maybe the Puzzling, I think the only one I could have missed if I wasn't using a guide is acquiring the knife, which is very important, and I imagine soft locks you if you don't have it. Which one did you miss? Uh, the knife. He's saying he probably could have missed the knife. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. just to remind myself, that you get the knife by giving the drunk guy wine, right? That's the uh, way you get that. There's yes. a random... Uh, it's like the apple. There's a random NPC that will spawn. That shows up at the liquor store. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I would have missed that because I, I would just say yes to the things. And he's also like, hey, can you give me wine? So I right. think I would have caught that. I think the things I would not have caught are probably I... environmental clues or I probably wouldn't have understood the geography that well. Like um, the floors and the main casino, I would have been just unhappy, just typing in buttons, going mm. to the eighth floor, going to the fifth floor. I'd have hated that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you when you need the knife in the situation when you get tied up, uh, you don't have a knife. It basically tells you like you you need something to cut the like. Ah, oh, poor Larry, but etc. You, uh, if only you had something to cut the knife with, you know, the, the rope with. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it basically strongly hints what you that you need something. Uh, you're missing an item, you know. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't have yeah. necessarily inferred that I get the knife from the bum. Uh, yeah. I think that could have been represented better. Like maybe he's playing with a knife when you see him or something like that. Um, That's fair. Sure, sure. Um, right. Uh, what do you think of the uh, of the story? <laughs> the storyline. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think if you if you read the manual, um, which is included in the version on GOG, uh, I think they do like outright say that Larry works for Sierra Online, like he's a software oh. salesman. Um, Oh, that's pretty funny. And I think Al Lowe even said in, like, a Reddit AMA that Larry was based on a co-worker they had um, that everyone in the company hated because he would always come back from business trips talking about all the tail he got. Um, hmm. Whether or not that co-worker eventually found out he is uh, was the inspiration for Larry, I would like to know. Um, 
as far as the plot of this game, uh, it's I like that it's very straightforward. Um, I like that yeah. you can just... It's a quest to lose your virginity, and you can immediately do it within the first five minutes with a hooker. Uh, but the te- the narration tells you it wasn't satisfying. So you need to find yeah. a woman that... What is the text? It's like you need he, to find a woman that fulfills your love. heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He uh, wants and, love. And true love is done in a jacuzzi, y'all. That's the real. <laughs> that's the real <laughs> answer. <laughs> no, they moved to the bed at least. Uh, but yeah, the funny thing is, uh, when you get the full score, then uh, uh, at the end you just get a the 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 the, the a message you get is it's not like wow you had a perfect score well done or whatever. It's like I think the, it message something like. You did okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's a pretty good last last gag, and uh, I like also the you know the euphemisms for like when you finally get the the finale, like when you finally uh, have sex. You know, it's like the fire. It's you get fireworks popping up. <laughs> it tries to <laughs> have a satisfying conclusion to it. It's like, yeah, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Um, Right. Um, no. Uh, also, one of the deaths is that if you um, if you don't get laid um, at the end of the day, then uh, you commit suicide. What? <laughs> Have you seen that? There's like some incel energy going on right there. Yeah, there's a death where when you, I, I forget what it's when it's like over, but uh, eventually. Uh, uh, like I don't think the game's on the timer. I forget what triggers it, but uh, yeah, there is a fail set where like Larry goes, "Well, I you know didn't get laid. Uh, it's, it's you know morning now, and I didn't get laid." And pulls out a gun and just shoots himself. Jesus! <laughs> wow, he took the black <laughs> pill. Um. <laughs> yeah, you can also die of uh, an STD. Um, well, yeah, that's why you got to. Uh, that's why you got to bag it up. Ooh, that's actually my favorite joke. That's my favorite joke of the thing. Not that. It's when you go into the store and you yes. buy it. Because when mm. you buy it, yeah. the guy asks you like 10 questions. He, he goes, do you want it ribbed? Do you want it purple? Do you want it plaid? <laughs> and then flavored. when you walk out, like he announces it to everybody. I'm like, this is a good joke. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, the store is empty, and you're like hush hush about buying the condom, and he asks you like ten questions. And he's like, he's very loud about it, but at the whole time we're thinking, okay, haha, he's like loud about it, and you're and Larry's being shy, doesn't want everyone to know. But the store is empty anyway. So, but then when he when he finally repeats your whole order, then a bunch of people from behind the shelves pop out <laughs> and uh, declare and what you. a pervert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty good. And one 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 thing I wanted to add about uh, this, what make what makes Larry stand out to me for um, not it's not my favorite. Like King's Quest is my King's Quest is my favorite uh, series of them. But uh, still, why I appreciate Larry a lot is is um, the just very straight uh, modern day urban setting. You know, you don't get that a lot in uh it's it's always like it's not it's, there's nothing fantastical about it there's no it's like just a city just a guy it's just a guy i really like that very pedestrian um pedestrian setting and just exploring 
the, the you know just going to a store you know or going into a like a, in a, into into a house you know, it's like a skyscraper or whatever and just uh, you know going going bef- uh, going to a casino or um, the right. church is uh, this chapel. is this your cry for help that the quarantine is getting to you <laughs> maybe <laughs> I think modern day settings they're under appreciated for rpgs even though some of the best ones are modern day earthbound persona recently yakuza 7 it seems very good uh, mm-hmm. um and uh, I, I think that's i think we need more more of that just no, I, mean, uh, I, I definitely you know, very, think the every, setting like quotidian and... settings sorry i'm done oh, okay um no i mean i i absolutely agree i think there's something there's something special about how it uh, how it balances it all with the character and stuff. And again, the worst it can be is if it can feel mean spirited at points, and it could feel horribly dated or misogynistic or you know things like that. But um, especially when you go into the earlier titles or whatever, there's still there's still a minor affection you have. Like I don't hate Larry in in the EGA version. I think Larry is right. a scuzzball. But at the end of the day, I think there's there's things about him that are, you know, semi admirable, yes. I say with a cringe. And and like <laughs> a lot of times he has played the fool and he has honest intentions or as honest yeah. as they could possibly be about ha- wanting to have sex, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it is as a whole obviously it is a bit indicative maybe of a wrong attitude but uh, about uh, you know about about love or whatever uh, maybe not the healthiest attitude but um, but yes I, I think I really I really want to emphasize that and uh, um, it was gonna be my unless we have more uh, comments here uh, it was gonna be I think it is a good closing comment on this that if you know Larry uh, or Legislative Larry from uh, maybe this remake or um, even Magna Cum Laude or the uh, best one the what's that <laughs> Magnum Cum Laude the best entry in the series <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's also the... Central comes in at what? hour 40 <laughs> there's also the platformery type on on 360 and PS3 I forget what the one the, uh, that's uh, that's like blockbuster or box, box office, office bust. Um, a new one came out this year, I think. Yes. Wet dreams don't dry. Tw- yeah. Don't die or dry twice or something like that. No, don't um, dry and tw- the twice thing is uh, the sequel that's all already out. Uh, oh, this year, yeah. So they they did since the remake they've done two um, two new games actually and. Uh, in pretty quick succession so and this year uh, yeah recently that second one came out since then much nicer art style than uh, the remake at least I don't know if it's good but yeah Uh, I've seen some of the reboot I guess you would say Uh, I I had a friend that played it Uh, what my biggest problem at the start is Larry no longer looks like a goblin Um, (laughs) my my second is very pro goblin well, it's so, I don't know. It's so iconic to his character. You know, no, see, just I this... like the lankiness. Okay, to to explain to the viewer yeah. or whatever, the redesign has him tall. 
but he's lanky. Yeah. He's still, like, balding a little bit, and he's still, yeah. like, clearly a loser. But, like, yeah, he's he's got a different frame. Yeah. Um, and my main thing is, it looks like... Uh, I don't know if Daedalus Entertainment is involved in it at all, but it looks like Deponia, uh, which is another bane of uh, point-and-click mm. adventure yeah. games. Uh, a lot yeah. of the elements look like Deponia, and I like those games, so I'll probably like this if I ever get around to playing it. More like Deponia. <laughs> Um, so yeah so to finish my closing comment uh, the if you if your Larry image is based on those horrific of those abominations and crimes against humanity then uh, um, of like that are magna cum laude and that horrible well well, point, point of order, point of order, in the last minute, uh, the protagonist of Magna Cum Laude <laughs> is not Larry Lo- Laffer, it's Larry Lovage, <laughs> his nephew. It's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> get okay, both, okay, get your Larry back, lore. So clearly, <laughs> clearly you, uh, everyone at home, differentiated those in their, their minds already, trust me that um, forgot, but uh, yeah, if you're also like me and uh, conflated them, then uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I think we encourage you to at least give these early ones a shot. I think um, I think at least two and three are also still safe. Uh, I don't don't remember. I would have to replay them, but uh, I think those are also at least safe in terms of what we uh, find. Um, you know, still still balanced in about the first one. Um, and again, we like the EGA versions, but I again I like the I like the art style of uh, the VGA one, but uh, again I, I think um, I think it it sort of um, cl- cl- like like made some things took out, took out some uh, ambiguity uh, out of things that I think helped make things make make Larry more human and uh, you know the the writing uh, sort of. Uh, Perhaps with the writing, uh, you know, so gives gives it some wiggle room, some 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 breathing room in terms of how you interpret it, uh, the tone and stuff. Yeah. So um, that's uh, Leisure's Larry. Uh, it's cool. I'm glad we did this as the first uh, Sierra game. I'm yeah. sure at some point. the daydream cast. You got us playing. Yeah, I'm a... sure uh, at some point we will do another one. Um, you got us playing but, a porn game in the middle of No Nut November. <laughs> Is this the Thanksgiving episode? Write <laughs> write us if you if you lost because of us. Um, and uh, yeah, I I want to thank uh, Murph here for coming on. Um, it's uh, you we brought some topics like. We, uh, we we talked about Assassin's Creed, which is kind of amazing. Not, not something I would have expected uh, on this cast, but uh, that, it's not not like not a game that usually comes up. But um, yeah, so thanks thanks for that, and yeah. hopefully uh, we'll we'll have you on again in the future uh, for Spore and and other stuff. Hopefully, um, yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, no, you're great. Um, the, but this does bring me to the question, Pavlos. Do you want to discuss what's coming up for the next time and the end of the year? 
yes uh we got two episodes left uh for the year um next time is gonna be uh uh gonna be gonna be special because uh, we'll finally be returning to something you know newer let's say (laughs) for our uh you know for our standards uh and that's mirror's edge it's not assassin's creed but you know Mm -hmm. it's ballpark we gotta be playing mirror's edge um the, on 360 and PS3, uh, I'm gonna be playing on 360 uh, myself. And uh, for the end of the year, we have something very special. We're gonna do a game of the year uh, cast, um, and uh, but obviously uh, we will have a spin on it. And um, it's let's let's just say it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna say what it is. In uh, you know, I'm just gonna fully. Uh, tell you here what, it, what it's going to be, but I'm just going to say it it's going to be the game of some year. It's not, maybe not, not this year. Uh, how, how about that? Is that, is that, a, is that a good teaser, Brogan? <laughs> that, that's good enough. So, so listener, check back on all the years of video games and think, <laughs> what's a good one for this random podcast to choose? And uh, uh, what year was Magnum Kamlade released? the last 20 years. What's that, Murph? What year was Magnum Cum Laude released? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Brogan, also, as always. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, and, yeah. See you next time. Stay fresh. Bye, everybody. <laughs>